The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. Well, hello, seekers. Welcome, mystics. Thank you for being here, keepers of the flame. You're tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. Hello, brothers. Hello. You know, we last week, we embarked on a very interesting voyage where we are exploring all the strategies of light and darkness. I should probably reverse that because we're talking about the fallen, the fallen ones, the darkness, forces of darkness, have strategies to steal our light. They need it to survive because they have none of their own. And we have to be vigilant. We have to be discerning, discriminating, and determined not to let them do that. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> Show's Amen. over. Thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah. What we're doing, by the way, is we're, we're following a cycle of strategies that are in our book, The Strategies of Light and Darkness, very aptly named. And it is available in the bookstore, tsl.org slash bookstore. You can find it on Amazon. And it is published by the Summit Lighthouse, Summit University Press. And again, it's called Strategies of Light and Darkness. And in there, they um, illuminate... 33 different strategies. And uh, you want to say something? Well, I was just going to say, say, Tom, is that, you know, again, to make right decisions as individuals, we have to have information. We have to have knowledge. And the knowledge is that we need is the equation of what is going on on planet Earth today. The equation of light versus darkness, good versus evil. Because what the forces want to do is make everything relative. Oh, that aren't, they aren't so bad, really. They're just like us, quote-unquote. But unfortunately, we are in a battle. It is the bar- Battle of Armageddon, if you want to call it that, where we have forces of darkness which know their time is short, as the Bible says, and they're doing everything they can, not only to steal our light, but also to keep us from finding the truth. But once we have this knowledge, what this, these programs give us and this book gives to the strategies of light and darkness, then we're able to recognize these tricks, defend ourselves against them, and outsmart them. Because it's, once you have the knowledge, it's not that hard. Agreed. And I think the thing that we need to remember is that this playbook they use is time-worn. And unfortunately, it's time-worn because these strategies work. And last week, we talked about um, the feeling of isolation from God, the feeling of isolation from the masters and the angels from what we call hierarchy. And today, we're going to be talking a bit more about things like condemnation, flattery. Um, oh, I don't need any help. You know, that one, this says, I'll do it on my own. God, thanks. I'll let you know if I need you. Um, <laughs> you, know, you have to be perfect. Um, self-absorption. And maybe if there's time, we'll get to the lie or the myth of relative good and evil, which you're kind of talking about now. Sue. Sure. But, you know, we'll, we'll say that perhaps for next week. And I should warn you in a good way, this series is probably going to span five 
at least five, maybe six programs. So you're listening to part two today, and these can be taken out of sequence if you want, but we hope that you will listen. And if you like this program content, please share it with your friends because this is something that everybody needs to know. Well, it's it's very very important. I mean, before the program said you were saying that it's one of the it's one of the most important things that we can relay is the you know fact you know what the fallen angels are doing the and, strategies and, and the light bearers are so sweet and so pure in their souls they're naive right yeah. I mean that's the honest part they want to see the good in everyone which we agree is wonderful but you have to again be you know was it wise as serpents and gentle as doves but it's so important that we have this knowledge because. People make decisions based on wrong information, which have karmic consequences. Oh, my gosh. We've been fooled too long. And quite frankly, I'm tired of being fooled. <laughs> and I am grateful yeah. to God for this knowledge so that I can at least have it as part of my decision process and how I do things. Yeah, you know, and there are a couple of points that were made last week that we should probably repeat. One of them is that the great Ascended Master, El Moria, said that we should praise our enemies. Oh, I love we should that. actually do that because they are instrumental in our self-mastery. Mm-hmm. And the victory of our light is essential to the planet. Yeah, You know, it's not just for us alone. This is not just a personal victory. But what we are able to achieve with light is something we can express to the world. The world benefits from our victory. Well, why does, you know, either God either causes things <clears throat> to happen or allows them to happen. Why does God allow the fallen angels to do to us what they do? Number one is because, so we'll learn our lessons, we'll gain our mastery, we'll balance our karma, because many times we have a karmic vulnerability to things. Um, It's it's a blind spot, if you will. And so God wants us to gain that mastery, and plus he says, take dominion over the earth, and if you don't like the way things are on this planet, do something about it. If you don't like what's going on, change your mind. Yeah, exactly. Well, God sends in the Pharaoh, you know, and then uh, the Israelites learn as a result, you know, well, that was a bad deal. Let's change. (laughs) (laughs) Well, going back to last week's show, we ended on what's called, we have numbered these, strategy number six, which is to deprive the light bearers of the knowledge of the ascension. So I think we should probably springboard from that because we understand the ascension as the goal of life. Yeah. And the, the reason that we're garnering and gathering and expanding our light and expanding and accelerating our journey is so they express purpose of making our ascension, reuniting with the heart of God. And who has ever heard of the ascension? I mean, Jesus ascended, but he was a special case, right? <laughs> and even the Catholic Church said Mother Mary was assumed into heaven. She yeah. didn't quite make her ascension, but she was assumed. So this goes back to the original you know, false teachings of the Orthodox Church, that the only way to heaven is by confessing you're a sinner and Jesus will take you there. He'll pay the price for you. And of course, unfortunately, that creates a certain passivity. Do I have to strive that hard because I'm already going to heaven? And then when people get to heaven and find out that this isn't true, they get very upset. Yeah. And so the knowledge that, yes, our goal is the ascension, we're to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, not put him as some distant God. Yes, we honor him. Obviously, he is our Savior. But we need to follow him and emulate his path so that we can make our ascension. And, of course, this is what the fallen angels don't want us to know. Because every time an individual makes an ascension from this planet, there is such a release of light that it shortens the days of the fallen ones. Indeed. And they don't want anybody to make it because once they're ascended, they can't steal their light anymore. And the antidote for this strategy is simply to allow people to understand this option, this choice, the ascension. They can make their free will choice. Exactly. Share the knowledge. And it's interesting that as I was doing the research on this a couple weeks ago, I realized that in many, many cases, the strategy is self-apparent, of light, that is. You know, that you hear 
what the strategy of darkness is to, for example, in this case, deprive the light bearers of knowledge of the ascension. Well, the antidote, of course, is let them know, teach them, share the knowledge. Because I think what happens is, like I almost, almost here, we feel a resonance within our being. This is the lifetime I need to make my ascension. Mm-hmm. God has been very patient, <laughs> but this is the hour. This is the opportunity. Yeah. Take advantage of the tools that are there, the knowledge that's there. Work while you have the light. And yes, you can make your ascension. And, and remember, the formula is to apply the law, call for guidance, and then if, when you develop a momentum, guard it. Don't let it. Don't let them get it. What's the uh, What's the biblical passage? All of these things that I do, you shall do, and more, and greater things, and greater things, because I go, because into, my I go into my Father. Yeah. And so He's leading the way. He's saying these are the footsteps. You can do it too. And so, anything counter to that is a lie. And and of course, as we go through these strategies, what you'll see is they all work together to prevent you yeah. from claiming your sonship or daughtership, if that's a word, in God. <laughs> And by walking this path, yes, we have karma. Yes, we have sin, quote unquote. We made karma, but we're not sinners by nature. There's no original sin. That's a lie of the fallen angels. It's been perpetrated on Christendom for almost two thousand years. Yeah. Well, and, and that, that that original sin comes from just mortal birth, right, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, pe- babies are sinners at birth. Well, I yeah. mean, that's ridiculous. I Hello. Know. So, <laughs> and, and we don't mean to offend anyone. <laughs> But, you know, look, the truth is the truth. This next one, um, this one, actually the first one that we're really going to focus on today, Mark Prophet referred to this as breaking the Christ image. And this, the strategy of the fallen ones in this particular case is condemnation. And the fallen ones always condemn the light bearers and will seek any small flaw, any little idiosyncrasy and say, look at you. How can you possibly think yourself worthy? If you do that, you're obviously not up to the measure of, of God. So could, why bother? Yeah, well, why do you think you can be on a spiritual path? <laughs> you have to do a lot more work before God will accept you, okay? that That's a basic lie. Right. God will accept you wherever you are, um, no matter what you've done. Because let's face it, we've had so many embodiments. We've all done everything there is to do on this planet and probably multiple times. So we're all humble before our God in terms of what we've done. So we can turn and face our God um, anytime. And essentially, if you know the story of Milarepa, the, the, the Buddha, oh, yes, yes. who created, did terrible things, black magic, killing people in his life. And when he turned around in that lifetime and found a guru, and he was able to balance his karma and make his ascension, even though he'd done these terrible things. Amazing. So don't let anything keep you from the path. Well, here's one of the insidious qualities of this particular strategy, and that is that if you accept self-condemnation, and you begin to believe that God thinks that way about you too. And then so does your guru and your entire spiritual structure just falls apart. Yeah. And Jesus said, I, did not, I didn't come to condemn people. Yeah. You know, it's very simple. If you're feeling condemnation, it is not from God. Yeah. God will say, bring things to our attention, say, you know, this is not right. You need to correct it. But that's in the interest because he loves us and wants us to make spiritual progress, not because he condemns us. And don't look for flaws. Don't expect you. You know, I mean, if you start looking, you'll find them because S- some of us don't have to look very hard <laughs> yeah, either. Well, <laughs> well, you know, as we said many times, we're not here to perfect the human, and we're talking about divine potential that we're trying to expand upon and grow into and accept and embrace, not the human potential. 
And that's you, very limited. And you know, uh, I don't know what kind of computers or database the fallen angels have on the on the light bearers, but <laughs> they will go back thirty years, forty years to find some little something. You know, you you know, you told a dirty story and you were cursing in that story, or one thing or another. I mean, they'll pull up anything. Yeah. And, and what the, the problem with that is that. Not you know. Hopefully, you've asked for forgiveness. God has forgiven you. You're moving on. Right. But the fallen ones never forget. They don't accept your forgiveness. Right. They'll want to remind you, and they'll they'll you know again. We'll go back to the screw tape later. So they'll whisper things in your ear. You know, oh, I don't think you should do this. Someone like you, <laughs> come on. Well, you know, we know that the human self truly is never good enough. Um, it's you have to replace it with the divine self. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, of course, this is like I said a moment ago, that the strategy, of course, is condemnation. The antidote is don't condemn yourself yeah. and don't condemn others. That's and right. take a stand for your soul. When you're under this weight, say, no, I will not accept this condemnation. I accept responsibility for the mistakes I've made in this and other lifetimes. I'm working to balance them. I forgive myself and ask God for forgiveness. But I will not accept this condemnation because it is not from God. And I only accept the things that God wants to send oh, me. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. You, have to, you have to stand up and challenge it. So your own, in your own mind, you don't allow those little things in a point of weakness or fatigue to come in. Yeah, and I think that we envision fire within us when we're making that expression, when we're making that call. We say it with conviction, with passion, and with determination. And, and, and that's where, uh, you know, developing a, a good, strong will of God in your being, you know, and is going to help you do that. It's yep. not pride. It's recognition of God within you that you're working to, in oneness with. I'll tell you a quick story before we break. Sure. Mark Prophet used to say, if people could see how tiny these little demons are that sit on their <laughs> shoulder and affect them to such a great extent, they would never be victim to it. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, you know, laugh. And you know? Which is a great antidote in itself. Yeah. Laugh because the, the devil will not, the proud spirit will not be mocked. Oh, yeah. Mark, one time, he said, <laughs> okay, I want everybody to laugh. And he had a reason for it because there was a demon doing something. You know? Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to take a short break here. When we come back, we'll talk about flattery. And a few other things as well. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face, and their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. 
They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you for staying with us. On The Open Door, uh, last week, this week, and for the uh, coming three or four, we're doing a series of programs on the strategies of light and darkness. And the reason we're doing this is for you to understand, as we all must, that the fallen ones have no light of their own and they must seek it from external sources and we are prime targets. They want our light for a number of reasons. One is to survive, but two is to take us off the beam. So they have strategies they've used for thousands of years to deprive us of our light, to trick us into giving it away, and that's what we're exploring. So today's show, we began talking about condemnation. Now, the flip side of condemnation is flattery. Oh, Tom, yeah. you're such a wonderful person. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, don't stop. <laughs> Mutual admiration society. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's um, it's something that we are easily prone to because we do want to know that we're doing a good job. We yeah. want to know that we're doing the right thing. We'd like to have people pat us on the back. We want to give the glory to God because God is the doer. Well, I think people, they have so much energy tied up in their identity. And if that identity requires praise, they're going to seek it out. And so that's where we put on our God identity and we give God the credit for things that are good things. And it's it's a much safer place to be, so to speak, <laughs> because otherwise people will do anything and accept, even if it's not real praise, they'll accept it they, yeah. because they, they want it so desperately. And, and of course, you know, God's already in us. We don't, we can praise God, but... Um, do we have to reinforce the human consciousness in each other? That having been said, obviously you're courteous, you're respectful, you know, you, you acknowledge people when they achieve great things, but make sure you yeah. keep that balance. Keep, yeah. the, keep the balance. You know, and a, a real easy way to start out is when somebody compliments you on something, you can say, <clears throat> excuse me, you can say thank you and glory to God. All you know, you can just add a little a little statement at the end and it and it it spins that energy back to God, you well, know, rather than just saying, well, thank you and stopping there. Well, and another thing, too, is that not everyone who flatters you is a fallen one. No, you know, right. no. This is a natural human instinct and tendency to flatter each other, to kind of make people feel good. Well, I mean, if you look at some basic sales techniques, yeah. I mean, one of the things you use if you're a salesperson is – you know, to get the person liking you. And, you know, I mean, it's it, sometimes sales can be not totally um, honest because, you know, you're trying to make a sale. And so people will say good things or acknowledge things or build a person up. 
to, to reinforce a certain image if they want to get a certain behavior. Yeah. So, you know, we talk a lot about Christian traits here because obviously we're essentially a Christian um, organization, a Christian path throughout Jesus, but we also honor the Buddhist traditions. And one of the Buddhist traits is non-attachment and non-attachment to condemnation, non-attachment to praise. Yeah. You know, it's being that that being in that equal place. And so it's great to acknowledge our brothers and sisters and their victories, but don't be controlled by flattery. I mean, some people will look for spiritual organizations where they get praised. You know, when you come to the feed of the Ascended Masters, they love us and they love us so much they will give us direction that will free us from things. I mean, praising people or flattering doesn't get them any closer to God. You know, teaching them does. And so if you're in a spiritual organization where all they do is tell you how great you are, you know, you've got to ask a question about that. <laughs> Indeed. You know, and one of the sources of flattery, of course, are the dark side, if you will. And um, Mrs. Prophet once said that if you met Lucifer, you might even like him. Very urbane, loves good music, good food. He's a very likable person. And the point behind that was... At a human level. At a human level. Yeah. That the, the fallen angels in particular have a high level of personal magnetism. They can be very beautiful people. And again, you know, we don't want to make sure that you make the discri- have discrimination. You're, what we're saying is that they can fool you easily because they have such magnetism. Well, what happens is some of these fallen angels were so high. I mean, Lucifer was right next to the throne of God, if you yeah. will. They had so much light when they fell. No, they haven't gotten additional light, but they have retained what they left with. And so they have a certain glamour about them. I mean, when you see some movie stars, they're very attractive physically. Because they might have been very high angels before they fell. And I'm not saying every movie star is a fallen angel, but there's, a, there's an energy of glamour. Yeah. And what is glamour when you think about that? And it's not a true light. It's a, it's a false light. And so a lot of these fallen angels look like they're right on top of things and they're bright, they're intelligent, you know, sophisticated, on and on and on. But they're living off their old light, so to well, speak. And, and the irony there is that by, by giving you compliments, there are helping you to succumb to the sin of pride, the very same one that they fell on. Yeah. So I think there's a certain irony there. But again, flattery is something where, and you said this earlier, Terry, give the glory to God. Yeah. God is the doer. Glory to God. Praise God. You know, there's a couple of real short little phrases that you can use. And and if it's not appropriate to say it out loud, you can say it in your mind. Sure. Um, But it's just an acknowledgement that everything you do is God's energy and you're grateful that you have used it correctly and God has worked through you. And so it, the glory does go to God. I, and I can relate to it as an entertainer. You're standing up there uh, accepting all this praise and this applause, you know, for 10 or 15 years in a row or whatever. Sure. Uh, it, for me, it was something similar to that before I found the path. And so you're just used to saying, well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I am good, then, aren't I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then at some point, you know, uh, when you do find the path, then you find that you really do have to start. I know there are a lot of Christian entertainers, for instance, that will point They'll point upward, you know, yeah. glory, which is kind of a silent phrase for glory to God. Yeah. And it's always nice to see that. Well, you know, I think the other thing about, you know, uh, taking light of people through applause and so forth, you know, I mean, rock music is a very good example where they're performers. They're having a jagged rhythm that literally r- rips the light from people's chakras. Right. And when people applaud and give them, oh, they're so wonderful, you know, they are losing their light and it goes to them. Yeah. And it reinforces them. And I'm not, again, every 
rock musicians of Fallen Angel, but there are a few among them, I can tell you that. Well, it puts more money in their account, you know. In I mean? more light, yes. Yeah. That's how they continue, by taking the light of the light bearers. Right. You know, uh, i got to share a quick story here. Um, as I think I've said before, you all know this, um, for many, many years, I sang in a, a choir that toured. We were, we were good enough to, you know, have audiences around the world basically wanting us to come there. Mm-hmm. And one of the pieces that we did, which was with a very large choir, was the Bach uh, B minor Mass, which is an incredibly beautiful Mass if you've ever heard it, certainly to sing it. We had what was called, during the course of this one performance, we had what's called the halo effect, where about eight of us in, a, in an area of the choir actually heard the entire beautiful dynamic of the, of the harmony full. Now, normally when you're singing in a choir, you're projecting outwards. You don't necessarily hear all of the harmony. But we actually had that experience, and it brought us to tears almost oh, instantly. Wow. At the end of the show, there were some people in the audience who noticed that. And they came up, and they told us how beautiful we sang and how, how moving it was. And one of the women who was right in the row before, in front of me, one of the altos, said, we sing for the glory of God. Hmm. Now, I had not been thinking that in my mind, but when she said it, we all instantly agreed that there was something that was beyond our human experience. This was such a divine moment. And I, thought, I thought to myself, my gosh, you know, that was the kind of thing where the glory that God allowed in that experience was all his. And you know what I beautiful. think happens in those circumstances, Tom, is you realize that the human flattery is so worthless. Yeah. It, it, because it, 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 it's the presence of God, which is the great joy and the light and what an experience to feel that i mean who needs human flattery it's it's nothing <laughs> and it's that's, nonsense that's how we felt yeah, yeah. We, were, we literally felt as if we had been that god had just appeared within us and in that moment we weren't the ones singing it was god it was a beautiful moment oh, i'll bet it was yeah I've, I've wanted that moment to happen again i almost came close once doing the rock vespers we had one of those moments as well it was a much smaller choir and a very you know very full room uh-huh. had one of those moments of hearing it just and this was in Russian it didn't matter what the words were we knew God was there it was the vibration oh it yeah. was just so beautiful you know thing. and I think that's a very good point in terms of words in other words don't necessarily look to what people are saying to you look to the vibration of the words that's a great point you know because they can be saying wonderful things but if you look in their eyes you can see they're not true and they've got other plans and so forth. And what's the vibration of the words? And I think this is where Christians sometimes are a little naive. They'll get these preachers that will say the right things. And because they're saying the right things, they'll, they'll, they'll put aside the feeling that something about this guy makes me feel uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. In other words, their their sixth sense is telling them, or their Holy Christ helps them, this is not true. This or is a this false is, teaching. It's not pure. Even though the words are right. And yeah. so you have to look beyond the words to the vibration. Maitreya um, shared with us his strategy of incorporating the three Ds, discernment, discrimination, determination. I think it's really good to remember that the the discernment is to discern the vibration, to discern what strategy is being employed. The discrimination is to know what to do about it. The determination is to act. Yeah. And I think, too… First impressions are important because what happens when you read a person for the first time, you're getting an auric reading, okay? Yeah. And again, people will get uncomfortable. They meet certain people and they say, oh, well, I, that's just, I don't know what that is, but I'm not going to, you know, they seem like nice folks and so forth. <laughs> and so again, we're not judging people, but it's being wise and understanding vibration and discernment. And, you know, again, it's not what people say. It's their vibration. It's their aura. And not that you do anything 
untoward, but you need to be aware of this because how it may affect you. And, and you kind of feel that in the solar plexus sometimes, yeah. you know. I mean, they're doing all the right things. They're smiling, saying the right words, yeah. but… Something's telling me this ain't right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the the next strategy we want to talk about is this um, idea. This is probably, you know, uh, one of the corollaries of condemnation is you've got to be perfect. You know, the, the fallen ones are basically telling you that you cannot commune with God or be loved by him unless you're perfect. Yeah. And we know better. I mean, we're not, again, we're not here to perfect the human and we're not here to, to tell anybody else they have to be perfect in that regard either because we are not. But to replace the human with the divine is our intention, is our goal, is our journey. And God can use anyone. I mean, again, we told this story, but it's a relevant one. When El Moria came to Mark Prophet about starting the summer outhouse, Mark Prophet. Lighthouse, Mark Prophet said, I'm not ready. And Moria said, if we wait till you're ready, all will be lost. <laughs> so, you know, that doesn't mean you don't prepare yourself, but you are ready now because God is in you and you're ready to take on the accountability for your karma. You're ready to work to balance the karma. You're ready to feel the presence of God in your life, even before you put on your Christhood. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, there's, there's great things coming your way if you are willing to make, take the initiative in that first step. And, and, and in the process, of, I mean, we talk about we don't want to perfect the human, but we have to do things as perfectly as we can because what happens is that we, we create the best matrix that we can then deposit into our causal body. So it's a, it's a kind of an interesting uh, well, flapjack. There's two sides to it. It is. And I think if we remember that God is the doer, then that perfection applies. Yeah. But if it's the human personality or ego – then perfect is probably not the right word to use there because we're not trying to perfect the And, and the other thing here right. is we're trying to learn mastery. And I know I think we're up for time in this segment. But mastery path. is part of the path, even though we're not perfecting the human. Indeed. And there <laughs> are always people out there who will tell you that you need to do this or that method or technique or follow this teaching in order to be perfect enough to be worthy of God's love. Yeah. You know, so we've got to just be careful. So that's the discernment. That's look, look at the vibration. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll pick up this loose end here talking about you have to be perfect as one of the strategies of darkness that we want to avoid. So please stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. 
They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. So, flattery, condemnation, self absorption, isolation, feeling alone these are just some of the strategies that the dark ones try to use to get our light. And we don't want them to have that light, so we've got to learn to arm ourselves with knowledge. And with some techniques that will help us to rise above the fray and be, if not entirely immune, at least we can defend ourselves and stick to our path. And that path is the path of the ascension. Could, could I get a real short encapsulation from you, Tom, on why the fallen ones have no light? Because when they fell and they gave up their heavenly estate, they were deprived of the ability to gather and garner their own light. So in order to survive, they had to have light from another source. That's us, the light bearers. Um, So they've found all kinds of strategies using anger, using um, belittlement, condemnation, flattery, different things to basically get us to give our light away. Even addictions, whether it be tobacco, marijuana, alcohol, they draw light. When you imbibe those things in innocence, I'm sure, they withdraw light from you because there are uh, certain entities associated with those things that will take the light from your body. Okay. Yeah, you know, and and as we were coming into the last break, we were talking about the strategy of believing that you have to be perfect. And the the masters, the ascended masters, do not concentrate on the flaws of their chilas, of their students. They don't. And in fact, there was a quote that I came across and put in here, which was, these are crumbs. We brush them aside. They're not concerned with your human foibles. They're not concerned with your human idiosyncrasies. They're, they're concerned with your ability to gain self-mastery and rise above them. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's just the fallen ones, as we said, that will bring up all your faults. Yeah. And, um, you know, every ascended master had their own personal challenges. As long as you're in the physical plane, there's going to be imperfection there. But I, I, I want to go back, if I may, Tom, like this concept that we're not perfecting the human, but we're working to develop mastery. And let me explain what I mean by that in the sense that we need to master energy. What does that mean? It means the energy that passes through us so we can stay harmonious. The key to many things in life is keeping your harmony, to alchemy, to precipitation, to all the things you're desiring. Keep your harmony is key. Well, how do you do that? It's through mastery, working on your psychology, understanding the roots of anger, perhaps in your being. But, you know, we're working to master certain things in our lives. So as we master those things, ascended masters, they've mastered the great master, Jesus, of course. He had a mastery in all situations that was the reflection of his Christhood. 
And as we've said before, you put on your Christhood incrementally, piece by piece. So probably every one of you out there has a portion of your Christhood already through your mastery that you've gained in certain areas. So we're working to build on that. So again, it's not perfecting the human, but it is developing mastery in how we live, how we deal with energy. You know, people start screaming at you, do you lose it all? You know, I mean, again, (laughs) you're trying to develop that mastery of the four lower bodies, the buddhic non-attachment. It doesn't mean you're indifferent, but you're not attached to whether someone is praising you or screaming at you. You have to deal with the energy because they're the flip side of each other. Indeed. You know, we talked earlier about condemnation and flattery being flip sides of each other. And one of the strategies that the dark ones use, of course, is to make us, tell us how great we are, how wonderful we are, how so, I mean, you know, they're there to flatter us into the point where we fall victim to pride. And I think it was that Lucifer thought that he was great enough that he could give God an ultimatum. You know, that's so amazing. But yeah. here we are. He, he considered himself equal with God. Yeah. How does that happen? I mean, God's sitting on a throne. <laughs> it's, pride, and you're- it's pride. And, and pride can be very subtle. Yeah. And you have to work at avoiding pride. And, um, you know, I think we've shared the example where there are people that will have great attendment, attendance, attainments, thank yeah. you, <laughs> spiritually, and done money right things, but they're candidates for their ascension, but they're found lacking because they still retain a certain pride, pride in their own being. Well, and maybe you can uh, elucidate this point a bit more, because I think I know the story. I think I understand it. The angels were given charge of serving God's creation. Right. And I can imagine Lucifer or somebody uh, of his stature, you know, in, in his own mind, thinking, "Wait a minute, I'm no." These, late, gonna, these latecomers? Holy smoke. You <laughs> yeah, look yeah. at them. They're nothing, you know. But the difference was God put his presence inside of us. Yeah. And so that's where the angels had to bend the knee. And Lucifer would not bend the knee to the light within human beings or, or, or souls of light. And that's where he fell. It's interesting. Many years ago, we had a conference uh, in San Francisco. on the, on the the It was on the ascension, the path of the ascension. And Archangel Gabriel, who... you. I think has a certain amount of attainment. I'd say so. Um, He gave a dictation, and in this dictation, he got down on his knees and bowed before the light within us. Wow. And I'm telling you, that was a humbling experience I will never forget, Mm -hmm. an archangel doing that. And that, of course, is honoring God. And that's what we need to do. And forget that our human consciousness does anything. You know, it's, it's not real, for one thing. And yet we have an identity in God. It doesn't mean who you are is not real. It means you've gotten confused of what part of you is real and what is unreal. And so we must learn to distinguish between good works done for the glory of God and those done for the mechanical uh, ego. Because the ego always wants praise because that's how it lives. It has no light of its own, even the human ego. So it has to get it from either us or other people. Indeed. Well, Let's move on to the next uh, strategy. Can I say this one thing, Tom? Sure, of course. We're not trying to make this complicated. You know? <laughs> so don't become overwhelmed. You know, we're doing these multiple points because you know, we only have so much time. But you know what? Love is the key. If you love God and love your fellow man, the first and second commandment, and you're aware of these things, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. It's not you know, looking behind every corner, looking at every corner for somebody that's going to jump you. It's being aware that in the presence of God is safety, and in the presence of God is your spiritual path. But you've got to be aware of these things because, you know, there are forces that don't like you getting close to God and don't want you to make your ascension. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah. I, and I think that 
Well, obviously, it's, it's a great point to remember. Well, you have to watch your step. You know, if it's a wet floor, you know, walk and don't slowly. go where angels okay. fear to tread. Yeah. yeah, just common sense. Well, and I think there's a question we raised this last week too of when you are about to, you know, I mean, if you're thinking, acting, talking, doing whatever, you can ask yourself this question: Is this how God wants me to use His energy? Mm-hmm. It's just a it's a nice way to kind of pause and reflect for a moment about what is the true motivation behind what you're about to do or want to do or want to say. Is this how God would want me to use his energy? Are you suggesting that God wouldn't want me to watch football on TV, Tom? (laughs) (laughs) All for the glory of God. (laughs) No, it's it's a balance. It's recreation. You know, you you got to stay balanced and um, you do. And so forth. So I, I say that somewhat facetiously. I know. But there are some things that are not okay, you know, that's not an appropriate use of God's energy. And, and it doesn't take a lot. You know, it's like the Buddha talks about right livelihood. In other words, what things you do that are, that are good because we have to make a living and God expects us to. But there are other things that are not right. And you really know what's right and what's not right if you go to, to your heart. And it's so, a cycle of recreation or recreation. So it's yeah. a very important part. It's the it's the downside of the sine wave, so to speak. Yeah, and I think the point you just made is a very, very good one. This is not complicated. Don't get overwhelmed. These strategies are simply ones you just need to be aware of. Yeah. And the counteraction activity of those, of course, is to ask God for help. And we don't spend our time thinking about the fallen angels and their strategies all the time. We spend our time thinking about God and how we can draw closer. But God also expects us to be wise to the ways of the world and our vulnerabilities that have kept us from our ascension in the path. And that's why he's giving to us. We focus on God, but we're aware of what's going on on this planet, too. Indeed. Well, the, the strategy we were just talking about, you know, having to be perfect, or this feeling of having to be perfect, there is an ancillary... Um, strategy that comes kind of with that, maybe sometimes separate from it, but oftentimes they're kind of in tandem. That is that idea that I have to do this myself. Yeah, I'm not good enough yet to approach God and say, okay, I'm ready for your help. You know, Or, or I'm already so good well, yeah, that I don't good. need the help of other people. You know, it's me and God. Too. And of course, <laughs> God wants us to sit on our, under our own vine and fig tree. You don't have to go through anyone else to get to God, but you know what? You need to understand what's happening, how you get there, and be humble enough to accept the teachings of others that have that knowledge, in this case, the Ascended Masters, and, you know, be willing to use the tools they give us. Well, and and that's exactly right. Bring your concerns, your problems, your challenges to, to God, to the Masters. They're asking you for that. They want to participate at that level. Bring, with all humility... Bring your problems to God. And, and you know, when you, ask, over. when you ask somebody else for help, sometimes it's hard, you know, but you'll find that in the figure eight flow and the exchange of the energy, uh, you see the joy in the face of the one who is helping you. And you think, I'm so glad I asked them. And, and, you know, you're thinking to yourself, I'm so glad I asked them to help me. And it took a certain amount of humility to ask. That's right. Yeah. But I think it's important to know who you ask because people may have the best intentions but still lead you astray. Yeah. And that's why we say don't do what we say to do, but at least go to your I am presence, go to God, let him show you, let him teach you, um, and you'll know the truth of these teachings, because that's the only way you're going to stick to them and keep going. Right. So that's, again, that figure out, oh, but I, I had one 
part of that equation too. Sometimes what will happen, you know, we're not supposed to be angry because when you're angry, you lose energy, okay? And it goes off and somebody, the fallen ones, steal it. Yeah. What do you do if anger comes up? You know, I, I've got this anger. I, I know I'm not supposed to have it, but what do I do about it? Well, we, we've talked about working on your psychology, which is absolutely key. The masters recommend that. Mother Mary especially said, you know, work on your psychology, get a counselor, find out the source of these. But there's another part of this equation where you can say, God, look, I've got this bundle of anger someplace in my being. Can I just give it to you? You know, can you take it from me, transmute it, let it pass through the heart of Jesus or whatever, and be delivered of that portion that I can be delivered of? Um, some things you got to learn and work through, which are important. But, you know, God will do that, too, you know, if you acknowledge right. that. And I've had that experience, and it's so liberating. God, I don't know what to do with this stuff. I can feel it. I know it's not where I want to be, but I don't know what to do with it. God, will you help me to be free of it? You know, and I've done my work on my psychology. I, my <laughs> wife keeps telling me, maybe you haven't finished it completely, but um, well, nonetheless, it does help. Yeah. yeah, and and you bring up something here that's very important to remember, and that is that with karma, we have a momentum on many things, and we could have a momentum on rage, on anger. It's been said that we even have in the recesses of our consciousness somewhere, our subconscious mind perhaps, anger against God. So when we ask to have it taken from us, we also want to make sure that we, we are in full possession of, the, of the, the lesson, if you will, that we can learn from that so that we can basically put it to, to you know, well, well, God will make it. sure. I mean, the masters will make sure that we will we'll learn what we need to learn. And, you know, good works, too, allow us, when you balance a certain amount of karma, for certain things to be taken. There's no guarantee, but, the, you know, our God is a merciful God. And if you're striving to the best of your ability, I absolutely believe in the power of mercy and grace. Yeah, and, and remember, too, don't try to do this alone. Don't be a solitary climber. Claim your link in the chain of hierarchy. Yeah. We talked about that last week. Anyway, let's take a break. We're talking about the strategies of light and darkness. We've got one more segment, and we've got a bunch of stuff still to cover today. Mm-hmm. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, Go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. 
And we are back. Thank you very much for staying with us. You know, we are so grateful that you're there, that you're with us for this. To us, the topic of strategies of light and darkness pervades almost everything that we do here. Because we also want to make sure that people understand that what you have is precious. What you have is priceless. And on your journey home to the heart of God, you want to get there as fast as you can, reasonably so anyway. And remember that these strategies are all something that you can know, understand, feel very clearly if you have the attunement. And that attunement is something you can gain through your prayer work, your decree work, making calls, practicing every day, even just for a little bit. And we want you to know that the Strategies of Light and Darkness is something you can read about if you want in our book called Strategies of Light and Darkness. It's available in our bookstore at tsl.org bookstore. You can find it on Amazon. It's a wonderful little book. It's not very big at all, and uh, it does elucidate 33 different strategies of darkness with the attending antidote for the strategy of light to counteract it and to nullify it. So we were talking before um, this last segment about not having to be perfect and not having to go it alone. One of the things that comes along with that is um, we'll call it self-absorption. And this is where you get so tied up in your own stuff that you don't have time to do anything else. You know, the, the work that you're doing is basically putting out little brush fires in your consciousness and your, you know, your mental body, emotional body. But it's something that does kind of tend to take us off the path if we let it happen. So I just I want to kind of put that out there, that self-absorption is one of those that you may even think you've got justification for you know, being conscious and aware of certain problems. Did, did cool I tell you about my shoulder, Tom? Yeah, <laughs> you look like you're in pain. You were. And, and this is not to pretend that you don't have, we all have issues, no. and, and some of us are more than others. But it, it, again, it's a consciousness. I mean, we've all seen people with incredible handicaps you know, that overcome and do things and that we take for granted every day you know, because of their attitude. And it's not your situation, but it certainly is your attitude. You know, I read an article last week uh, about a, a woman and her boy who was born with autism. And she was actually a medical doctor and ready to, to go to her internship. And she just made the choice to stay and help her son, who was autistic. And he was just, he just was awarded um, the um, Fulbright, not, what's the scholarship from England, the, the, the very prestigious one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's in Oxford. I, I, know, I know the one. Anyway, it's, it's, it's that, that scholarship from Oxford, which is very elite because of the Ro- prog- Rhodes. Is it Rhodes Scholar? <laughs> it's, yeah, is that it? Yeah. I think so, R-H-O-D-E-S. It, anyway, I think you get the, the idea. <laughs> <laughs> get the idea. Yeah. Did I tell you about my memory problem? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point I want to make is, you know, it's, it's what we do with it. And right. this is not to minimize the challenge. And, and the challenges to us are important because it's our karma, so we have to work through it. But the way you, know, way you do this is by giving to others. <laughs> I mean, this is common sense. If you're lonely, go in and help other people. Yeah. You know, lose yourself in service. Yeah. And yeah. you'd be surprised how your life changes and you focus on the needs of others instead of yourself. I mean, God loves you and will help you take care of you. And if you go forth to do this, suddenly your problems don't seem so big or whatever. You know, And, and, and through action... God will teach you and help you and free you. I mean, this is the yeah. beauty of it. We just, we, this is not, you know, Moria says life is not a spectator sport. You know, whatever our situation, we have to be engaged in life. And there's a way that all of us can be engaged, whatever our situation. You want to talk for a minute about the uh, strategy, the little technique that El Moria has suggested that we use for taking care of personal problems? 
Yeah, El Moria says, you know, I mean, we're all dealing with personal issues. I mean, every single one of us, you know, parents and, you know, it just goes on and on. So you can write them down, write them in almost in a letter form to God and put them on your knee and put a picture of El Moria on top of that. Face and, down. Face down. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you work on world issues or world problems and your prayers and decrees and helping others, I'll take care of your, your individual needs, you know, and I think that's a pretty good deal. In other words, we can trust <laughs> that... God and the masters will work with those as we give ourselves to others and in world service. You know, I can attest to this because recently I took my little letter that I had written to my to El Moria out of a sleeve. I, I have this little thing I just take out of my decree book and I put it on my knee. On your and, right knee. On my right knee. Yeah. And I opened it up. And I hadn't opened it up in over a year. And I read it. There were six things there that I had specified. Five of them were taken care of. Oh, the sixth one was underway. And I thought... Oh, my gosh. And I had forgotten about it. I need a longer list. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I had literally not paid him any more attention. He said, just put it there. Forget about it. He's been working on it. He's been working on it. And I thought, my gosh, you know, this is is an amazing testimonial for me personally to just remember the fact that this does work. These strategies are not simply empty promises. This really was effective. And it worked. So people, right now, I mean, you can, as you're listening, you can begin to, you know, make four or five little notes in... Get a picture of El Moria, face down, on your right knee, and what? Do your prayers? Do your prayers, do yeah. your rosary, do your decrees, whatever, whatever it is that you it do. Is. Yeah. 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 I mean, become a co-creator with God. I mean, we are co-creators, but become a co-creator in the sense that you're making the right use of energy for yourself and for others. We can do so much to change this planet if we just understand this equation and how it works and, and the givingness of, of the heart. And, you know, you won't even, won't even think about the strategies, the following ones, because you'll be so tied into God. Um, well, you'll be absorbed with positive vibrations. And, and those other things just kind of go by the wayside. You know, one of the, the, the goodies here that we can share with you <laughs> is a strategy for overcoming these, you know, the, the dark tendencies, whatever, whatever it may come your way. Un- learning how to separate the real from the unreal. And there are five steps that you can take, if you wish. To basically follow to to get through this labyrinth, this minefield successfully. Number one is consciously recognize the strategies of darkness as we are basically de- detailing them. Number two is discern when they are at work in your life. Number three is to discriminate which is at work and to judge correctly so that you don't make a mistake. Number four is determine to do better. And number five is to counteract the strategies of darkness with strategies of light. When followed by right action, the light is invincible. So again, just very quickly, consciously recognize the strategies, discern when they are at work, discriminate to understand you know, which, which is the right way to go, which is the wrong way to go, determine to do better, and then counteract with light. Boy, talk about five steps. I, yeah. I used to, when I drove a tow truck, I had five basic tools. <laughs> And, and the, these are the same. These are the spiritual. This is my spiritual pack. This is your this is your toolbox. Though. Yeah. You know, in life, I mean, when you're dealing with your karma, it is an endurance test. You know, I mean, we're dealing with a lot of karma in a short period of time. God gives us the tools, but, you know, we, we're not going to pretend it doesn't take work and effort and the determination to keep on going. You know, for Christmas, I got a book. Um, it's called... Um, I think Rogue Warriors, and it's about the founding of the SAS, which was the first special forces team in, in World War II, the British. And the training that they had 
talk about an endurance test. And the and the goal of the training was to make the actual war seem easy in comparison to it. <laughs> and the things that these men accomplished um, as a result of this training, you know, the endurance and so forth, were so extraordinary that it makes you think, what could we accomplish if we're willing to put our nose to the grindstone, so to speak, and really go after this, really walk this path, and, and keep going so that when these things, these whether it's the strategies of the fallen ones or personal needs or problems come along, we're prepared to deal with them and keep moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and um, as kind of a PS for this whole discussion, because this will come up again in, in, in the weeks ahead of us, is that not only do these challenges come from without, you know, like the dark ones, fallen angels, others, but also from within. We've spoken of the dweller on the threshold before. This is the collective consciousness of all your, your your bad deeds. This is your bad karma if it had a consciousness of its own. And just bear in mind that not every challenge comes from without. The dweller is something that we all confront. We deal with it daily in many respects. And when you do your prayer work, when you do your decree work, you're basically keeping that dweller at bay. Keeping that dweller under control. And you think of it almost as the Loch Ness Monster, which is at at the subconscious level, so to speak, but pokes its head once in a a while. And when you get angry and lose your temper, you say, where did that come from? (laughs) It's like the sorcerer's apprentice. And so that's why we need help in withdrawing light from this creation. We've made, God didn't make it, we made it, took God's energy and made it, so that it no longer dominates our life. It becomes less and the Christ becomes greater. And you know, if uh, if any of our listeners have any specific questions regarding any of these strategies, uh, contact us at webradio at tsl.org, webradio at tsl.org. I love doing this program with you guys. Well, oh. it, it, it is a, it's a service. It's a joy. It's definitely something that bears fruit. And I, you know, again, I said it earlier, and we say it all the time here um, in between our segments even, that we're grateful for the participation of souls out there, souls of light. All of us are working the best we can to get home. Amen. Get home. Yeah. So on that note, though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards rewards are are out of this world. world. Thanks, everyone. Stay tuned for more in this series on the strategies of light and darkness. And God bless you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.